1: This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. Tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play. Off to the races. Touchdown. Oh, he's done it again. Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben.
0: Good morning, everybody. It's a beautiful day here on Tuesday. What is it? January 5th. Who cares? It's a new year. It's a new day. I'm over it. I'm ready to move on. We're looking forward now. No more No more looking back to week 17. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk about our top 12s for 2021 and all the coaching changes and what it could mean for fantasy. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, and Jamie Eisenberg. Guys, I think I'm in a good mood because last night I decided, I'm sure you're all making the same decision now that the regular season's over, which TV show am I going to binge watch? And I made a decision last night. I'm very happy about it. What are you guys uh, What are you guys on now with all this free time?
2: Uh, I'm going to catch up. I haven't seen season two of The Mandalorian, so I'm going to watch that uh, hopefully soon. You'll love it. And what else was I going to watch? Um, I forget what else I was going to catch up on.
0: I'm going to zoom in my camera here for those of you on YouTube. Okay, Mandalorian.
2: Uh, maybe I'll start Sitz
1: Creek.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm almost done. We're on our last season there. That's We got to finish that one. You'll enjoy that. Dave? How about you, buddy?
1: You know I don't really watch a lot of stuff, but I did make time for the Mandalorian during the football season and it was awesome.
0: Oh, okay. Everybody seems to like it. Maybe maybe someday I will watch Star Wars. I started Cobra Kai last night. Oh, yeah,
2: that's the one. That's there it. you
0: go. You're gonna yeah. start it or you already have?
2: No, I haven't started. I want to start.
0: Yeah, it's it's so far so good. Everybody yeah, loves everybody it. Yeah, everybody loves it. Yeah. All right. So we're in. Cobra Kai. We'll we'll talk we'll chop about have it. Have you on just the show. have you
2: just started? Yeah, two episodes. All right. I'll catch up to you. <laughs> I'll do that before Mandalorian.
0: Okay, cool. All right. Well, I'll try to try to be done with the first season by the end of the week. Can we pull it off? That's easy. Yeah. Okay. Thir- by I did break. I did breaking bad in like two weeks, Thursday show, done with the first season, 10 episodes, five hours. Uh, I'll try. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. So, um, let's get to it guys. Uh, news and notes here. Let's start with, uh, Josh Jacobs arrested for a DUI. um, uh, we'll talk about him in a second, what he did in 2020. But are we concerned that Jacobs and or Melvin Gordon could be suspended to start the season? And by the way, Will Fuller is going to miss week one of the 2021 season as he completes his suspension. But both Jacobs and Gordon dealing with a DUI situation, Jamie. Uh, should we think about a possible suspension?
2: I mean, in Gordon's case, yes. Just based on the fact that it, it seems like it's been heading that heading that direction with his court case being pushed back i guess i guess you have to say the same thing about jacobs that there's a potential for it but um i would imagine just given the fact that as far as i know they're only first time offenders you're probably talking about a two game suspension if in fact that's what they deal with so i'm i'm totally no no factual uh information there so right. I, I don't know what what it could be but just speculating you know probably two games if they are suspended at all, so just you have to see how the legal process plays out and and what happens with both of those guys.
0: Okay, yeah, I didn't mean to put you on the spot like that. I know we don't know, but hey, if you're doing a mock draft today or something like that, you know, do you do you knock them down thinking that? I guess, but obviously, plenty of time to figure it out. Um, the Broncos are going to hire a GM, so that's probably a good thing. Some playoff stuff: Alvin Kamara, Jared Goff, and Seattle safety Jamal Adams. We don't know their. Uh, situations yeah we don't know if they're going to be able to play they're all going to be iffy for this weekend's games Philadelphia I'm sure that, uh, Dave you you're probably more up on this certainly than I am but you' you seem to know about the cap situations but the Eagles could be 73 million dollars over the salary cap they are going to look dramatically different next year and hopefully better but I don't know I mean hmm. they've got to cut they've got to cut a lot of dead weight <laughs> so but they're in a tough spot right now
1: and as of now, Carson Wentz is actually a negative hit on their cap. Um, usually, when you cut a player, you get some cap savings. They would lose to almost twenty five million if they were to just cut Carson Wentz. Not going to happen. But uh, there, there are some players a team that are those after June first, right? Yeah, everything changes. There's, there's a June first thing. There's a right. designation. I don't know if you necessarily have to do it on the calendar on June 2nd or anything like that. So you but designate him as a post June 1st cut. You could do that. And then that changes it a little bit, but I believe if they trade him after June 1st or with that designation, that gives them the most relief of all. Um, but like uh, they've got a lot of guys that have a negative cap value. They're gonna have a lot of work to do this I was season. I was
2: surprised that they restructured Alshon Jeffrey's deal. Like I, it almost seemed like it was a foregone conclusion. He was gone. No, apparently, apparently it was a
1: massive haircut that he took.
0: I think he's gone anyway, from what I've been reading. Mm-hmm. They had to do this restructuring for Alshon Jeffrey, but he's not he's probably gonna get cut anyway. Um, but yeah, they got a lot of salary cap manipulation to do. And Jason Kelsey, their starting center, it seems like he's Got There's a good chance he retires, decent chance anyway.
1: They would love it if he retired. For financial purposes, uh, yeah. He also has a negative cap savings if, if they let him go. Right. Ertz, if they, if they cut Ertz, they'll save $4 million, but he's a $7 million dead money hit on the cap. I mean, there's a ton of examples on it. They went for it. They went for another Super Bowl, and uh, injuries ate him up this year and the year before that, and now they're going to pay the price.
0: Okay, And let's see what other news and notes we got, other than the coaching stuff. The coaching stuff we'll get to later in the show, but Matt Rule did not commit to Teddy Bridgewater for 2021, Jamie, and uh, ESPN notes that he had only one touchdown pass in the fourth quarter all season. Bridgewater was 0-8 in games that they had a chance to win or tie on the last possession which is somewhat of an encouraging thing for the Panthers because, you know, that's just bad luck and you should be able to turn some of those into wins, but it does make you wonder who your, who your quarterback of the future is. Um, what do you make of that?
2: I think that's right. They shouldn't commit to Teddy Bridgewater. They should, you know, uh, again, we've said this many, many times, the the no pun intended, but he should be the bridge quarterback. You know, they should have somebody that's a long-term answer Teddy is a serviceable starter, but he's not a game changing starter. And so, you know, if you're trying to get your franchise to the next level that you don't have enough pieces around him for him to be that type of quarterback, they need somebody like that. And so um, I remember having conversations with, you know, people at the Combine last year and were the Panthers going to be one of the teams in the mix for Justin Herbert. And could they have made the move to go up one spot to get Justin Herbert? And they decided against that. And I'm sure they're probably looking at that and saying, maybe we should have been more aggressive to go get Justin Herbert. So, um, you know, the, are are they going to draft a guy this year? Are they going to be aggressive and maybe looking at another quarterback in free agency? I doubt that, but certainly in the draft is is a more likely scenario. And we'll see what happens there. But Bridgewater will probably be the starter in 2021. It's just a matter of how many games will he start if, in fact, they do invest in a rookie.
1: It's a 20 million dollar dead money hit if they. He's not getting cut. I agree. And d- they're not known made, to It may be a Tyrod, Taylor, that a
2: Tyrod Taylor situation. It may he, be, a, exactly. uh, a, be a starter in place for somebody else, but it's just a matter of how aggressive they are and, and what falls to them with their draft selection.
1: They've
0: got the eighth pick in the draft, and I think you... I don't know. I mean, you could see four. We got a mock draft on CBS that has four quarterbacks in the top five. So I think you could certainly see four in the top eight. Trevor Lawrence our latest mock draft this is from Josh Edwards I don't know if it's the latest it's from Christmas Eve uh Trevor Lawrence 1, Zach Wilson 2, Justin Fields 4, Trey Lance uh 5 and that's a that was mocked to Carolina but that was obviously that was a you know over a week ago oh from from Houston that was a trade a mock trade Carolina trading up to get Trey Lance so with Houston. I see something like that Um, Okay. So those are your news and notes. We are going to give you our top 12 for 2021 and kind of take a look back at what we had this time of year, a year ago, when we did our top 12 for 2020. And one of us had Amari Cooper in the top 12. Find out the the moron, the idiot moron who had Amari Cooper in his top 12. Uh, Promotion today, though. Facebook. Get on the Facebook group. Search Fantasy Football today on Facebook or click the link in the description, in our episode description. Very helpful, the episode description if you're trying to just scan for content. You don't want to listen to the whole thing for some reason. Uh, Anyway, you can ask your keeper questions. You can join your Q&A. And now you can vote in the uh, awards polls. We did the nominees yesterday. They're up on Facebook now, so go ahead and vote. Um, Which one, uh, what, what are the poll results looking like right now? Which is the closest one, Ben?
1: Closest right now is the biggest one-week wonder: Tyler Lockett versus Joe Mixon. Ah. Two guys who everybody hated to have on their roster <laughs> after their big games. It is very close, over two thousand votes in each poll. So get there, make your make your voice heard.
0: Okay, and of course, if you want to make those playoff picks and win some money, perhaps CBSSports.com/playoff. Go there, $5,000 to the winner, or you can make a, this is actually what you should do. I'm going to do this today or tomorrow. Make a group, do like a bracket challenge like you do for March Madness, cbsportscom slash playoff. Just get in there with some friends and uh, pick some games. All right, last year's top 12. You you know, you guys did pretty well, I got to tell you. I'm going to just make sure I get it here. Um, Here's Jamie's. So this was a year ago, roughly. McCaffrey, Michael Thomas, Barkley, Zeke, Cook. Sounds great so far. All those studs. No, I mean, I still think you did well. Uh, McCaffrey, Thomas, Barkley, Zeke, Cook, Camara, Hopkins, Adams, Julio Jones, Nick Chubb, uh, Derrick Henry, and Tyreek Hill. That was your top 12. Dave, you had McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke, Cook, Michael Thomas, 5, Nick Chubb, 6, Camara, 7, you and I both had Chubb over Camara, and I don't know why we did that. We
1: both had. Well, remember, Kamara did not have a great, it's uh, certainly not a consistent 2019. Yeah. I think the the overall numbers were good except for touchdowns, and maybe there was a little bit of concern that that was going to be him moving forward.
0: This was PPR. I don't know. I don't know why we did that, but. All right, McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke, Cook, Thomas, Chubb, Camara. Mixon. I think Nixon. I was just
1: crazy about Nick Chubb, to be honest with you.
0: Uh, Mixon, Jacobs, Henry, Hopkins, and Miles Sanders. Heath had McCaffrey, Cook, Thomas, Zeke, Barkley, Hopkins, Julio, Henry, Camara, Chubb, Adams, Tyreek Hill.
1: None of us loved Henry.
0: No. None, None of us had well, Henry in the top him, five. Heath had him eighth. That's the highest. I did not have him in the top 12. Good for me. And I was the guy who had Amari Cooper in the top 12. I had McCaffrey, Barkley, Zeke, Cook, Thomas, Chubb, Camara, Hopkins, Julio, Miles Sanders, Tyreek Hill, Amari Cooper. And I just looked. First four games of the season, Amari Cooper was the number one wide receiver in fantasy. Of course, by the end of the process, I had no interest in Amari Cooper. And I had him as like a fourth round pick. But that doesn't matter right now. I
2: mean, we also did this before C.D. Lamb was on the team.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, All right. So let's get to our 2021 top 12s. We'll go six at a time. Dave,
1: you can go first. Okay. My top 12. Guess who's first for me in my top 12?
0: Alvin Kamara. I
1: mean, nope. I'm sorry. It's
0: Christian McCaffrey. I don't know why. I
1: said nope. Young Way Koo. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey is number one. Uh, Dalvin Cook, I have second. Alvin Kamara, third. Saquon, fourth. Derrick Henry, fifth. Jonathan Taylor, sixth.
0: Okay. So six running backs?
1: Yeah. And I already don't love the order, to be honest with you. It's what <laughs> I sent in last week. And. I'm gonna sit on it for a while and see just how much I'd wanna change it around. But uh, I know I know that I like McCaffrey at one. And the reason why I've cooked two, I know people are gonna be nervous drafting because of the injuries, but hasn't he kind of earned some 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 props over the last two seasons? Staying healthy for most of the year, being productive. No. And I think and I think the Vikings defense will be better next year. So right. I'm not ready to run away from Dalvin Cook, and and certainly not use the injuries as an excuse to pass on him.
0: Okay, I'm sorry. You have McCaffrey, Cook, Camara three, Barkley, four.
1: Yeah, that, that. Let's go with that for today. Okay, and then Henry. But, I and, mean, I already feel like like a change is coming at three. So what, Jonathan Taylor? Oh, <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, yeah, that's man. Dave's top six. Jamie, your top six.
2: Uh, it's not a lot different. The only one that's probably the the biggest difference is Devontae Adams is four for me. So same top three. Uh, if Breeze comes back, Kamara will be two over Cook. Um, but the the concern of Taysom, or I guess the quarterback situation, if it's Taysom Hill, then then Kamara will be three at three at the highest. Um, but McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara, Devontae Adams, four, Henry, five, Barkley, six. And I, I may move Taylor ahead of Barkley
1: myself. Like that's the easiest one, I think, for me to make that switch is that Saquon back to back years where health's been an issue. We don't know what the Giants are really going to look like next year. The two games that he did play this year, how good was he? Not that great. Mm-mm. Taylor finished the year strong. I think we know what he's going to be in this offense moving forward. I think the offense could be better next year in Indianapolis. So there's, there's, there's people out there who, uh, what happened? Brad Evans sent out a tweet saying, well, I hope I get Jonathan Taylor between 10 and 12 in round one. And I responded to him saying he won't be there. And there were, I don't know, I'd say like maybe 35 to 40% of the responses. Like, are you crazy? Why would you take him before 10th overall in round one? And then there were people who either liked the tweet or said, yeah, I can't wait to get my hands on this guy. Like he's everything you want in a fantasy running back save for you know not a candidate for 80 catches but 50 I think he can get you 50 I think he's going to score a ton of touchdowns the two things you got to look at is what's the quarterback
2: situation for the Colts because Rivers is on a one-year deal you know about the Wentz rumors Um, I I don't think they're going to get worse than those two guys unless you just worry about Rivers being a year older and just you know falling off a cliff and the offense getting completely terrible Um, the other part of it is what do they do from a backup perspective is it the same cast of characters or do they bring back Marlon Mack? And then there's a better backup guy there than Jordan Wilkins. Now that's not going to take Jonathan Taylor out of the first round, but obviously when you're nitpicking between a talent like Barkley and what Barkley's shown you when healthy, Derek Henry, uh, obviously there's a lot of receiving options that you put in that group as well. You know, Dave and I are probably a little bit toward the other side of that, but uh, when you start to factor in Devonte Adams and, and Tyree kill, and you know, if you want to start to put Stefan Diggs and DK Metcalf and those type of receivers, which are going to be first round caliber players in PPR, you know, that's where I think Taylor may, you know, lose a little bit, Travis Kelsey as well. So just a matter of what your preference is and what the Colts look like. You know, hopefully their offensive line is a little bit better too. Remember, they lot lot of what Taylor's done down the stretch has been without uh Costanzo, who's a big part of what they do as uh as a unit up there. All
0: right. So to recap, Dave and Jamie go McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara, And Kamara's ranking is is pending. You know, who comes back at Who's their quarterback? He's not
2: gonna year. be worse than three for me, but he could be two.
1: He could be four for me. Uh,
0: well, he was not really catching passes w- much at all with uh, with Taysom Hill, except for that last game. Yeah, the last you know, game. That last game he did. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I do wonder how how much of a concern that is. He, he was significantly more involved in the passing game. with, And it makes sense with Breeze than with Hill. Hill runs so much.
1: Uh, no, I mean, that's part of it. And, 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 and Kamara is not
0: a workhorse running back here. He's a 205-ish yeah. carry guy. And now right, the quarterback is a threat rush for touchdown. Yeah, but, but, okay, so if Taysom Hill's is a starting quarterback, how many catches is, is Alvin Kamara getting?
2: I'd be shocked if he's under 70. I think he could be under 70.
0: If he's under 70 and he's at, you know, his normal running back workload, his, his carry workload, you know, that's like a 280-touch guy. That not even that's like a you know two sixty five two seventy touch guy. I don't know if I'm if he's a top five pick if that's the case. Am I,
1: am I don't crazy? like that he could lose touchdowns to Hill inside the three yard line. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. I guess I guess you don't feel that way, but um, I don't know
1: how I
2: feel about it. Well, I mean, it, you know, say losing touchdowns. He scored three touchdowns in the four games that Taysom Hill started, so I don't know if that's necessarily a concern.
1: How many touchdowns did Hill have in those games? Rushing, yeah, at least four. Okay, yeah. so those are four touchdowns that did not go to right. But I mean, you're also saying Kamara. like
2: you know he didn't he didn't throw two touchdowns he didn't throw touchdowns in two of those games where Breeze would throw touchdowns in those games. So I mean, you know, just taking touchdowns and moving them around,
0: P- possibly to Kamara, though.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, like, uh, I I think it's the it's the catches though that concern me because he's so. I mean, he can get you like what was he at nine yards per catch. Every time he catches the ball, it could be a first down, another fantasy point for the catch and the yards almost. So it's a lot of production there. I, yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be an interesting it's gonna be an interesting case. I, I hope we don't have to make that decision because he's so damn good uh with Drew Brees. All right, uh McCaffrey Cook Kamara Barkley four for Dave, Adams four for Jamie, Derrick Henry five for both of you. Jamie's got Barkley six, Dave has Jonathan Taylor six. All right, let's get 7 through 12. Dave, go ahead.
1: This is where receivers come into play for me, and I don't want to be held to any of this long term. This is just how I ranked it a week ago. Uh, Adams is going to be 7. Tyreek Hill, 8. Zeke is 9. Travis Kelsey, 10. I put James Robinson at 11, and I don't feel so good about that one. And I've got Nick Chubb at 12.
0: Okay. So Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Zeke, Kelsey, James Robinson, Nick Chubb. Interesting back end of the round for sure. Jamie, after McCaffrey, Cook, Camara, Adams, Henry, Barkley, you got seven through 12.
2: Taylor, Kelsey, Austin Eckler, Ezekiel Elliott, Tyree Kill, and Nick Chubb.
0: Okay. So, Nick Chubb, top 12 for you guys. And how many catches did Nick Chubb have this year? You feel good about that?
2: Yeah, I mean, as long as Stefanski's there, this offensive line's amazing, and sixteen catches I, in twelve games. I think the, the three running backs that you're going to look at and say they make me a little nervous in PPR are Derrick Henry, but you've seen now what he's been two years. It's hard to say he's going to, you know, be barring injury, be dramatically worse unless it's just complete fall off. Um, Nick Chubb and J.K. Dobbins, you know, and I think all three of those guys are, are very similar profiles. The only difference between Dobbins is, is that he doesn't get the same type of work that those other two guys get. So if uh, and that's why he's not in the same caliber or or category. I mean, Nick Chubb scored seven touchdowns in his last six games. He's, you know, the catalyst of what this offense is. He's an amazing talent. And the play caller is is uh, is pretty consistent with how he likes to run the ball. So, um, you know, you saw what he was to start the season. You certainly saw what he was to close the season. And I don't think Kareem Hunt is somebody you should fear in terms of drafting and
1: banking on Nick Chubb playing at this level. Chubb averaged 15.1 PPR points per game in 2019. Was he better or worse than that in 2020? What do you think?
0: He was worse. James? You know why, Dave? Because of that stupid game where he got hurt against Dallas. Are you taking that out?
1: No, everything counts. Uh, he per was game like, basis.
0: I'll say worse.
1: Point and a half better, sixteen point six. He's According so good, man. I, when, that
0: that. So you you guys have Zeke ahead of him, both of you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've I, seen you've seen
2: what Zeke was when when Dak was healthy, and I think you got to bank on that.
0: The thing is, you know that run that that touchdown run that Chubb had on, in Week Seventeen. What was it, forty eight yards, something like that? Zeke can't do that. I, I just he hasn't done that in a long time. I don't know if he's had a run that long in his last two years. And I don't he know if it matters had, uh, because he catches so many passes when he's, you know, compared to Chubb. So I get I get it. But that's, that's what people are going to be concerned about with Zeke. I think they're going to feel like we've got a player that's on the decline here.
2: Well, that's why he's gone from a top three pick to a back end of the first round pick. You know, you're still talking about a guy that's going to get uh, a very hefty workload. The hope would be you know, you get Tyron Smith back, you get Zach Martin back, you get Dak Prescott back, you get, you know, uh, an offseason to rest. You know, I, I I think it's it's important for him. Now, is he somebody in Dynasty that I want to invest in? No, no. He's, he's somebody you want to flip and see if you can get great value in return for. But um, I, at least for me, you know, when it comes down to Zeke and, and Chubb, the two running backs that I have at the end of the first round, it's, you know, how do those guys compare to the next group of guys, you know, the... Um, you know, the the other sophomore running backs that have the chance to be special in terms of Dobbins and um, uh, not necessarily sophomore guys, but Dobbins and Jacobs and Mixon, you know, hopefully bouncing back, especially if they draft Sewell and get, you know, an upgrade on the offensive line and uh, DeAndre Swift and, and Antonio Gibson, all those guys that have a chance to be really special. Um does he does he compare that much more favorably than Robinson as well? You know, so it's uh it's just a matter of how much you're still counting on Zeke, and and you're right, Adam. People are going to be concerned, understandably so.
0: Ezekiel Elliott had three carries this year of twenty or more yards. Nick Chubb had twelve. He had twelve in hundred and ninety attempts. Zeke had two hundred and forty-four. I mean, this is less about Zeke and more about Nick Chubb. His explosiveness is is remarkable. That is just like a shocking number. Twelve but the catches count. Oh, no, no. Yeah, it's not I, I just get that. it. I get it. I just say I'm just saying Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is amazing at football is basically what I'm saying. Oh, yeah.
1: And, and that's part of the allure. That's why people are going to maybe reach a little bit. Maybe we're reaching a little bit by putting him in the back end of round one because he's such an awesome running back. He's fun to watch. We know he's going to get a lot of work and he's got a nice track record of good production in PPR that can make you feel OK taking him with that late first round pick. So what did I say? He had 16.6 PPR points per game this year. Chuck yep. did. Do you know what Zeke had both this year and in his first five games with Dak Prescott? You guys uh, probably want to take any steps?
0: Close to 20.
1: He was at 21.8 with Dak and on the year 14.1. So obviously he fell off a cliff and it's not just Dak, the offensive line too. It was only I two think, games I think he there was the enough evidence. What's up, Jim? It's only two games with Dalton that they threw him the ball. That's the yeah. big part of it. That's definitely part of it. Um, but I did think that he left enough for us to see in week 16 and 17 to know that he's not like a total shell of his former self and that there is a chance of him bouncing back. I don't think he's quite at the age where we can just rule out him ever being what he once was, but he needs that opportunity. And now Tony Pollard could be a big part of that mix next year. And we'll see what the offensive line looks like. But for now, I'm comfortable taking him with a late first-round pick.
0: Ezekiel Elliott had almost no chance in Week 17. His offensive line was completely overwhelmed. And he actually did very well uh, with the opportunities he was given. I mean, like one of those, oh, he should have lost one yard. He turned it into a two-yard gain. He did that a lot. In week 17, he, he did look probably and
2: 17 total touches in that game, too.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember what the stats were, that's but I would say he have looked happen, better.
2: It was 14 for 42 and a touchdown, three catches for 19 yards. Yeah, on four targets. He looked better so than the numbers two games with Dalton. He had four targets in each of those games, seven catches. So if that's the floor in terms of what the reception totals could be, because we saw what the ceiling was with Dak. I mean, those first five games, he was in three of them. Uh, I'll throw out week five when, when, when Dak got hurt against the. The Giants. But the first four games, three of those, he had six catches each of those games.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right, so let me just recap the top twelves here. Jamie, who'd you have at eleventh in between Zeke and Chubb? Tyreek. Tyreek. Okay. Um the differences for you guys. Dave has James Robinson eleventh. Jamie does not have him in the top twelve. Jamie has Austin Eckler ninth. Dave does not have him in the top twelve. Let's He's start. thirteen. He's thirteen. okay. Okay. So let's start with that. Eckler ninth for Jamie, thirteenth for Dave. Then we'll talk about James Robinson, and then we'll talk about Travis Kelsey and where he should be ranked. Um, but uh, Jamie Eckler, you know, basically, if you just, he played eight eight games that he didn't leave with an injury, and if you take those eight games and you double them, it's one thousand seven hundred six seven hundred thirty six total yards, ninety four catches. But only four touchdowns. But uh, your thoughts on Eckler? I mean, Chris isn't on the show today, but he's mega high on Eckler. I think he has him in the top five in PPR.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, basically, once I got past Devonta Adams, I I thought about maybe Kelsey at five. I thought about Taylor at five. I thought about you know Henry there still, Barkley and Eckler. You know, and I think you just look at what he's uh, his upside is with hopefully a improved play caller. Um, you know, we'll see what they do to replace Anthony Lynn in, in terms of an offensive staff, but. You know, I mean, he was, he was amazing in 2019. He was great when he was on the field in 2020. And Herbert has the chance to be an absolute monster. And so, you know, I just love this way that, the way this offense is going to come into play. So uh, I think, you know, Chris is, is certainly on to something there. If he stays healthy, he could be uh, easy a 2,000 total yard guy. And, you know, uh, obviously he's got, you know, 80 catch potential, as we saw in 2019.
0: Dave, not, in, not quite in your top 12, 13th for Eckler. And James, James, Rob, you want to lump him in with James Robinson. You have him ahead of Eckler.
1: I'm not ready to lump him in with James Robinson yet. I almost think Robinson is a separate story and I don't even know how comfortable I am having him there. I'm really not. Um, But Eckler 18.3 PPR points per game in 2019 fell to around 15 PPR points per game in 2020 one rushing touchdown on the year. And I'm, I'm nervous about him being able to be back in a, in a workhorse role where he's getting, I think he can get six-plus catches a week, and that's what will save him in PPR. But are the carries going to be there for him? Is Joshua Kelly going to get better in his second season? What's uh, Is this now a Justin Herbert joint in L.A.? I think it is, which means there won't be a lot of games where they're going to feed Austin Eckler a ton of carries. I'm I'm a little skeptical that he can be first-round good. I think he can be second-round good in a PPR league. And in a non-PPR league, he might be like middle to late second round good. So I'm I'm not ready to 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 take Eckler as early as as, uh, as first round.
0: Oh, I hope they don't pull him at the goal line. He had two carries inside the five yard line. All season long, that was ten percent of the Chargers' carries from inside the five. Uh, also, the Chargers ran the most plays in the NFL, so keep that in mind when they make their coaching change. What kind of offense will they have next year? James Robinson, Dave, you saw you saw fit to see him to put him in the top twelve. However, you do not seem super confident in it.
1: If, if when we draft today, I don't know what pick I have in, in a mock draft that we're doing today. But if I've got a late first round pick and Robinson's there, I would consider him. But I think I would almost rather hope that he falls to me in round two. And the reason why I put him where I had him for now was just because I don't know if I really loved anybody else to put ahead of him. Can he be as good in his second season? Uh, There there, there are a ton of questions, but I just got done telling you about how I think that Justin Herbert's going to be the identity of the Chargers offense moving forward. You don't think that whoever the Jaguars take in the first round of their draft is going to be the identity of their offense. If it's Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, that guy is absolutely going to have the offense revolve around him. What I did like about Robinson was that he, he proved that he could handle a big workload. He was way better than expected in every single way, but certainly as a pass catcher. And uh, I, I think he can still be a reliable starter in fantasy. I just don't know if he can be quite as good and certainly first round good as as he was in twenty twenty.
0: If you're worried about his role and them, you know, giving the offensive reins to the quarterback that they draft, to Trevor Lawrence, basically, they were last in the NFL in rush attempts. So you know the situation can't get that much worse than it for him unless they stop throwing to him because he had forty nine catches in fourteen games, which was huge for his production. But they, again, last in the NFL in rush attempts, um, he must have had. He must have had like ninety five percent of their
1: carries when he was healthy. it was something like that yes. yeah
0: okay, all right, so uh, let's look at our top twelve. last thing sorry, I've got Travis Kelsey. I actually had him sixth, but then I thought that's probably too high because you know he had such an amazing year it's not it's unlikely to happen again well, I mean still the last three years he's been this good he has been he wasn't this good two years ago he was close, but he was a, he was two point three points better. In PPR per game. That's a big deal. 2.3 points better this year than he was in 2018. So let me tell you this. This year, Travis Kelsey would have been the number three wide receiver in fantasy. (laughs) In PPR. Uh, In in, in either format. Uh, Two years ago, he was the number eight wide receiver in both non-PPR and PPR. This year, he was in full PPR, the number six running back. Uh, two years ago he was the number nine running back, so yeah, he was incredible. Two out of three years, but I think six is too high for him. That's where I had him, and that's you guys did not have him that high. Uh, you had him closer to ninth or so. That makes more sense. Uh, Dave had him tenth. Jamie had him what eighth? Yeah, eighth. Okay, so we'll split the difference. Call him ninth.
2: And the like other that. Thing- I I I wouldn't have a problem with him going a size five.
0: The other thing, do you guys realize kind of the the rate stats of Devontae Adams and what happened this year? Because his yards per catch had never been great, um, but his catch rate skyrocketed this year. And obviously his touchdown rate is ridiculous. But we haven't had, when was the last time we had a repeat number one wide receiver? Probably Antonio Brown. And every year we have a new discussion about who the best wide receiver in football is. Are we going to make a mistake? Are we going to overdraft Devontae Adams? I don't
2: think so because, you know, you saw what he was basically from the Philadelphia game on last year, the game where he hurt his toe. You know, so just looking at what he was in this offense. Um, and Adam, I, I I blame myself, but I hate you for talking me out of what I asked you in the pre- preseason. About. I talked you out
1: of it? You did. You talked <laughs> about putting Adams ahead of Michael Yes. Yeah,
2: yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, I... I I, I loved Adam since he came to the NFL. Uh, he's, he's you love just, that? Me? Huh? You love me
0: since he came to the NFL? I love you since you came to the NFL as yeah. well. Okay. Um,
2: but I, I think you look at what he is in this offense, unless they completely overhaul their second and third receiver, um, you know, if they bring back the same group, he's going to get fed targets. I mean, he's going to get fed targets anyway, but just to yeah to what level. But um, he's he's amazing. And Aaron Rodgers has proven over the course of his career you know, from Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb and, and, uh, and Adams, when he has a guy, he leans on a guy and
1: and this is clearly his guy. And yep. It's been his guy since 2016. I mean, you, you look at the touchdowns that he's had 2016. He had, uh, 12, it's double, tw- double digits, 2017, and, 10, double digits yeah, yeah, in the last five. Yeah. And then the one yeah. year he didn't have it, he only played 12 games. He had five touchdowns in those 12 games. I think he's probably the safest pick you could make in round one.
0: Yeah, well, he's, I don't, he's I been I on no probably about
1: it. He is the safest pick you can make in round one. Uh, McCaffrey, really? Yes. How did that work out last year?
0: I, I had it. How did season? Adams work out two years ago?
1: I get it, but even when Adams, I mean, Adam's played two seasons ago, ago he was, was, he was
0: in 2019. in twenty nineteen when he played. He was he
1: or, yeah he, he was okay.
0: Uh, his touchdown his touchdowns were surprisingly were down.
1: down, but he was okay. Still had almost 1,000 yeah, yards in 12 games.
0: Yeah, McCaffrey was, per game, number number
1: one with a bullet this year. Um, yeah, ca- but if you're scared about him getting hurt again... Yeah. Y'all play like, scared. Who, who's more you're likely, likely a, to get hurt you again? You have
0: him as the number one pick, so you shouldn't be scared. Of course Everybody's not. got a number
1: one. He's got the most upside. I don't think that Devonta Adams can do what Christian McCaffrey can do.
0: Well, I'm to not your sure point, if There's anybody Dave, in
1: the league that can do what Christian McCaffrey could potentially do.
0: Devontae Adams has missed some time over the last few years, few seasons, but six, per 16 games, he's been on pace for 169 or more targets every single year. So that's uh, that's pretty good.
2: He accomplished something this year that only two other receivers have done: in Randy Moss and Chris Carter. Lee uh, uh, was 100 catches, uh, whatever yards he had, in touchdowns.
0: 18 touchdowns. Okay. Uh, all right, so that we're gonna take a break here. And when we come back, we'll talk about the coaching changes and we'll try to read your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com.
2: Robert Half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology. Marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit
1: roberthalf.com today.
0: So if you listen to Fantasy Football Today in 5, I asked Jamie, you got all these head coaching open, openings, all these head coaching vacancies. You're a hot young head coach. Everybody wants to hire you. Where are you going? You can choose your own destination. Uh, Dave, I'll let you answer first today. Jamie was between the Chargers and the Jaguars. Where would you go?
1: Jaguars have two first-round picks, right? Including the number one overall pick, and I think they've got a ton of cap space, and I think they've got a lot of good young talent on defense. I think I'd rather go to Jacksonville than L.A. Plus, the ownership is is better, I think. I think the ownership is better in Jacksonville than L.A. Uh, hearing Shad Khan say that he's got control of the roster was a little stunning.
2: <laughs> okay. So, so Pete and I have talked about the Pete Pritzker and I have talked about this a lot over the last several weeks. If you right now, uh, this was this was pretty much you know after Jacksonville locked up the number one seat, who would you rather have right now, Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence?
0: Trevor. I kind know of my answer. Lor- Trevor Lawrence. Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence. <laughs> but so we they, both said
2: we take Justin it's Herbert. A little silly, I think. You've seen him go through an NFL season and you see what he can be. And so uh-huh. while Trevor Lawrence may be better, he could also be a flop. And so at least you see what Herbert has become. The reason I like the Chargers job better uh, is there's a better chance to win right away. I think you look at if those guys stay healthy, they're going to be very competitive. You get Derwin James, Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, those guys on the defensive side. That's a win now defense, Um, especially if Chris Harris and, and, and Casey Hayward still play at the level that they have the ability to. And then you have the quarterback that's already gone through it once already with those weapons around him. So Long term, Jacksonville might be better. Like I said, it's one and one A for me. But I think you know, given the chance that I could win right now, I would take the Chargers job first.
0: This is a great question. I'm I'm Twitter pulling it. If you are running an NFL franchise, who would you rather have at quarterback? Trevor Lawrence,
1: Justin Herbert.
0: It's a great question.
1: I'm not sure Justin Fields doesn't belong in this poll.
0: Oh my gosh, the roller
2: coaster, roller coaster with him. Yeah, Justin Fields does not belong in this poll.
1: No, okay.
0: I don't know about that. Well, I I think you're right, but what he did uh, against Clemson was remarkable. That Clemson
2: defense is not the same type of defense that it has been.
0: Uh, it's not, not a bad. It's not a bad defense. Now they were it's missing, not a bad defense. They were not, missing not a great defense. A lot of players. They're missing a, a starting safety. And he was still safety. a one-read
2: quarterback. He looked at one guy and he threw them.
0: I think a lot of quarterbacks are like that in college. There. Um, he's obviously a great. Re- I, I don't. I didn't think much of him, but. There are Uh, still
2: people that like Wilson ahead of Fields, you know, so it's not a guarantee
0: that Fields is a second quarterback draft. So far, Justin Herbert has 78% of the vote. We shall see what happens there. Um, All right, now let's talk about all these vacancies here. Who the, Dave, some fantasy, some NFL players who have a lot at stake with a new head coach, a new regime. Who are you focusing on? We got the Jets, we got the Chargers, the Jaguars, the Falcons, the Texans, the Lions, and Minnesota. Uh, Gary Kubiak is retiring their offensive coordinator. They had a really, really good offense. And I would love to get a breakdown of their plays. First, like how many plays they ran first eight games compared to last eight games. Because listen to this. For Minnesota, Kirk Cousins, in his first eight games, he threw 26 passes per game. In his last eight games, he threw more than 38 passes per game. And Dalvin Cook's carries went up in that stretch. So I don't did they just run like a ton more plays? I don't know. Did they give up more points? Not really. They gave up almost the same amount of points per game. So uh, Minnesota Madison
2: re- was hurt in that stretch too, which I think why is why Cook's
0: Okay, yeah. I, I didn't have a chance to really go through carries per game, but that that could be part. Of, yeah, that's probably is a big part of it as they well. Were,
2: they weren't taking Cook off the field to whatever small percentage they were prior to when Madison
0: was off. Um, but obviously Madison didn't miss all of those eight games. So yeah, it's worth looking into. But Cousins' pass attempts skyrocketed and he was really good down the stretch. Anyway, um, Dave, like, who are some players right now that you have to, you know, there's a lot at stake with whomever they hire?
1: There, there are some on every single team that has, a, that has a coaching vacancy. And in Minnesota I I want them to hire somebody who's aggressive and will want to put the ball in the air a lot so that Justin Jefferson can repeat what he did as a rookie. But Mike Zimmer's going to have his way. I mean, we, we've already seen him now. He's gone through three offensive coordinators over the last couple of years. And each one, like Zimmer wants it done his way more often than not. Now, maybe Zimmer realized at the midway point of this season, we've got this special talent in Justin Jefferson and we've got to we, we let him go. Or he realized we need to score points because my defense isn't very good. I, I would imagine that Zimmer's going to be able to restock that defense. It makes me a little bit nervous about the offense being as aggressive with the pass. And if they have a conservative play caller in Minnesota, that'll further limit the target opportunities for all the pass catchers in Minnesota. And we're going to talk about all of them a lot. It's Thielen on top of Jefferson. It's Irv Smith. I don't think Kyle Rudolph is going to be back there. And uh, it's it, it might not be quite as slam dunk as it was to finish 2020. We can go team by team after that, after Minnesota, if you want to. No,
0: it's all right. I mean, it's, we we can, might not be the most exciting conversation. By the way, Dave, this mock draft I'm looking at on CBS, pick 14, Mm -hmm. Minnesota, I don't know if they still have the 14th pick, because this was done a
1: a week ago. Gregory. I don't think they've made any trades in the last week.
0: No, but they might have changed their draft position. Oh, sure, sure, sure. That's right. Oh, no, they do have the 14th pick. Um, uh, Gregory Russo. Edge rusher, Miami Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. They're almost certainly going to go defense, you'd think. Uh, they, they need pass rush help
1: so badly.
2: Th- this team, Todd Furman, who does a great job for us on, on CBS Sports HQ, one of the best handicappers in the business, uh, he said this is the team he's putting his money on to win the NFC North because the odds will be great. Um, obviously, the Packers are going to be favorite, but he said this is his team that he is, is putting his uh, backing behind, and I'm, I'm totally on board with it. You know, yeah. I, I don't know if they beat the Packers, Obviously, injuries could play in if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, but the offense looks to be in great shape. Uh, the defense is not just what they're going to do in the draft. They get Neil Hunter back. The secondary. If you remember Adam, before they traded Ngakwe, I said this was the defense I thought was going to be the the one going into the playoffs that would be better because we thought Hunter was coming back and Ngakwe was still there. I don't know if you remember we had that conversation early in the season, mm-hmm. um, oh. and then you know Hunter Hunter you know uh, was placed on on IR for the year, and they traded Ngakwe. Um, but uh I think there's a lot to like about what this defense can become with Zimmer controlling it and, and the offense looks to be really good. You know, it's like um we just posted our top 12 quarterbacks for 2021 and nobody's going to draft Kirk Cousins as a number one quarterback. I get that, but I don't see much difference between him and Ryan Tannehill, to be honest. Uh Tannehill obviously will run a little bit more. The weapons around Kirk Cousins, especially you're seeing what Irv Smith can become, and he's going to be a bigger part of the offense at at, at that position. Uh, the play caller, I think, is gonna be really important for Minnesota because they have the running game, they have the receivers, they have, I think, what could be a good tight end. And if Cousins can avoid the mistakes, which he did for the most part this year, really for the last two years, he could be a sneaky number one fantasy quarterback that you just wait for and you'll be thrilled about.
0: Okay, what about DJ Chark? It's hard to get a grip on this guy. He's got he's had a bad situation, obviously. But boy, he has a lot of just invisible games, you know. And last year, too, just very up and down, inconsistent. Trevor Lawrence is there, Jamie. You got to figure. Is T.J. Chark a top 60 pick? First five rounds of a 12-team league?
2: No, but you're going to love getting him just after that. Uh,
0: What kind of coach do you want to see for them? Like, Do you have an inkling of who it might be? Got all the candidates. I mean, I, you know,
2: you're, you're seeing they're going to talk to all the same guys. Uh, right. I, I don't love Urban Meyer going there because I just don't think he's going to be fully vested in turning that program around. I, I think he's more of a, you know, if he's going to the NFL, I think he's going to win now situation. You know, even though you're getting Trevor Lawrence, but um, I do think that you're hoping to see a guy. You know, enemy obviously is going to be one that's the, the hot name. I, I like the idea of a team bringing in Robert Sala because I do think that bringing in Lafleur's younger brother as the offensive coordinator. Uh, who was on the offensive staff in the 49ers? I think that could be fun, you know, just um, seeing what LaFleur has done um, with his influence in, in San Francisco and then obviously what his brother's done in Green Bay. So I'm curious to see how that'll work out. But um, I, I think it's going to be something that's got to be, you know, not just the head coach, but obviously the, the play callers got to be, be, be creative. Um, but, you know, I, I'll always lean toward lean on Pete for the Jaguars because he's so tied into that organization and he thinks they need to get a speed guy uh, at receiver, you know? And so he said he likes their three top guys right now of Chark, LaVisca and, um, uh, Colin Johnson, but he doesn't think any of those guys run well, like Chark profiles as a number one receiver, but I don't know if he's a dominant number one receiver. You know, he's a guy that's not going to necessarily beat you with his speed per se, but he's going to win 50, 50 balls. He's fast enough to get by the defender. Uh, but he's not necessarily like, a um, Like he thinks they should draft Tony from Florida or this kid out of Purdue. You know that's the one Pete keeps saying. Like those are the two guys that he thinks fit Jacksonville the most.
0: I look at the Texans as a team that just like needs to unleash Deshaun Watson, and they—I mean—they kind of did. They were 31st in the NFL in rush attempts, but they were dead last in plays. The Texans ran the fewest plays, and and you know. I don't know. They. I don't think they did Deshaun Watson a ton of favors. They played kind of a very conservative offense under Bill O'Brien. So, um, yeah, Dave, uh, what would you like to see in Houston?
1: Better defense, for starters, so that the way they don't try and use their offense to mask their defense, that might be part of the reason why they had a slow pace, was so they didn't have to put their defense out on the field. But
0: it was every year, you know, and it wasn't always a bad defense.
1: That's true. That's true, but the last two years, especially, it wasn't great. And then once O'Brien got fired, I don't know what the pace was. Maybe it wasn't that
2: much different. They let they let Watson throw early. That was a big part of it.
1: Yeah, that that's huge. And like he, I, I just want him to still be the he, and he's going to be the centerpiece of the offense. They need to just find a a, a play caller that's going to say, okay, Deshaun, what do you want to do? That sounds great. Let's, let's do that with a little bit of this and that and this and that and just build everything around Deshaun Watson. It makes perfect sense. They're going to do exactly that. I hope they keep Will Fuller because I, the, the chemistry that's built in between those two uh, when they're on the field together, it's pretty special. So that's going to be another decision that the franchise is going to have to make. And it won't be an easy one. I don't know what their cap situation is like. But assuming that they don't have a ton of cap space, they need to rebuild that defense. And giving a lot of money to Will Fuller, it, it hurts them a
2: little bit. To I, I think everything you're you're seeing from being reported from Houston is he's going back there just because of the suspension and what he was able to accomplish. I haven't seen anybody say that he's leaving, but obviously that could change if somebody throws a lot of money at. And
1: okay. I don't know if anybody's going to do that. Is there any salvaging? They're, they're the, terrible in cap space. Actually, the players on
0: the jets any salvaging the players on the jets i mean oh of
2: course i mean this offensive line is something (laughs) that you could build around uh they have um some some nice receivers there obviously what you get from crowder as a slot option if mims can take that next step you know we'll see what they do with perryman they're 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 a receiver away from being a good receiving core um uh you have the intangible that There's no more Adam Gase. So all those guys just magically get better because we've seen that with everybody that leaves the Jets. (laughs) Yes. Um, There's actually a report now, Adam, uh, Frank Gore, according to Adam Schefter wants to play another season. I don't know where that is because now Gase is out of the NFL. Maybe he goes to play to Alabama. If if Gase follows (laughs) uh, the report that he's going to be the office coordinator there, I don't know if he still has eligibility, but um, I think you look at what, uh, what what the foundation is there and it depends on what they do. Did they make the decision to, stick with Sam Darnold and go a different direction or do they go get a new quarterback? I'm sure a lot of Jets fans like to see a fresh start new quarterback, but Darnold still, I think, has the potential to be good enough that this offense can have a lot of uh, production out of it if they get the right coach in place.
0: Any other coaching thoughts or want to read some emails? I mean, I'll
2: I'll go back to what I said on the other show that I think the two in, in my opinion, two big impact hires are going to be in Atlanta and Detroit because there's still great offenses there, you know, so I'd like to see somebody come in that can get more out of uh, the offense in Atlanta. Um, not that it's been bad for fantasy, but you know, if you could still salvage another season or two out of Matt Ryan and, and, and hopefully Julio Jones, but obviously keep Calvin Ridley afloat and maybe find a running game there that could be successful because that offense could be great. And the same thing in Detroit, you know, we're two years removed from Matthew Stafford being, a top five fantasy quarterback on a point per game basis before he had the back injury. And he showed flashes this year when he was healthy. Uh, You get Kenny Galladay back, hopefully uh, see what they do to replace Marvin Jones. If he leaves, you have TJ Hawkinson and Deandre Swift. There's a lot of great fantasy options on those two teams. So if there's good play calling in place there, that's going to be really fun for fantasy managers, especially those two quarterbacks, because nobody's going to draft them as starters, but these are the type of guys that help you win leagues that I don't draft them. I wait for them. I take them as, as late round picks. And then all of a sudden, you you may have the uh, the Matthew Stafford from two years ago or the Matt Ryan from his MVP season or even you know, what he showed you flashes this season um, or certainly what Aaron Rodgers showed you, you know when we, we all wrote him off for being uh, a 37-year-old quarterback that couldn't play anymore and he was an MVP.
0: Matt Ryan finished his QB 12 this year. And there's some ups and downs. He was obviously a lot better with Julio Jones. But the thing is, you always knew they were going to throw the ball, right? I mean, they, with Dirk Cutter, they were fourth in pass attempts this year. So hopefully they um, they hire someone who will commit to that. Well,
2: let, let's see if Dave can get the trivia question I asked you yesterday. Can you name the top six quarterbacks, Dave, in yards per game? Taking out Dak Prescott because he did not qualify. Okay. Ryan should be up there.
1: That's obviously what we're talking about, yep. Um, Mahomes should be up there. Yep. Justin Herbert. Yep. Derek Carr. Nope. Brady. Yep. Rogers. No, not Rogers. How many do I have left? Two.
2: You have Brady, Herbert, Ryan, and you said Mahomes, right?
1: Yeah. I said Mahomes. So you have four, four of the six. Darnold, no, no, Sam Darnold. Uh, Josh Are you Allen. Looking down. Oh, Deshaun teams. Watson. I'm looking at a list of teams. Watson's got to be up there. <laughs> Watson, yes, yeah. up there. And then Josh Allen. Yep. <laughs> Amazing that you looked out and all of a sudden you got those. Two no, guys. I swear to God, it's a list of players. It's not that sad. <laughs> yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, you saw that whole thing go down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I know. no, I, didn't. I I swear, didn't I swear, I swear to Damn God, it. I did not cheat. Oh I believe gosh. you, but this is funny. Like all of a sudden, you—I so totally understand. Right
0: <laughs> uh, who led the NFL in passing?
2: Most yards. I know the answer, so I won't. I won't answer it.
1: Uh, Watson. Yeah, good, good job. I and did you see my eyes? I was looking at that monitor up there. What
0: happened? Wait, did that not work? I tried to hit the. Where's the? Sound.
1: I I tried to give you the wrong
0: buzzer, but you were right. I was just assuming you were going to get it wrong. I hit the wrong buzzer, but I had the The, levels uh, down. The
2: seventh guy. Can you guess the seventh guy in terms of passing yards per game? Was it Carr? No, but it's going to be one of my favorite breakout candidates next year.
0: It was Goff. Was it Goff? No. Burrow. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you know that answer. That's what we talked
1: about. He's going to be an awesome mid round pick.
0: Okay, guys, uh, let's read some emails. cbsi.com Can I look down
1: to read the emails? Is that Ke- okay, guys?
0: From Kevin from Dave's favorite ski town.
1: I don't have a favorite ski town.
0: Breckenridge. Fine. Dear Trey... Mass,
1: Colorado. I've been there.
0: Trey, John, Mike, and Paige. Huh. I don't know. Sounds like fish. 10-team standard league. I'll probably get 7th, 8th, or ninth pick. Um would love your opinion on my keepers here. I don't know how many he needs to keep. McCaffrey in round one, Adams in round two, Jacobs in round three, Acres in round six, James Robinson in round seven, and Josh Allen in round 12. Ten-team standard scoring.
1: Hmm. And we don't know how many he's Now, No, keeping. give
0: me your favorite two. McCaffrey round one, Adams two, Jacobs in the third, Akers in the sixth, Rob- James Robinson in the seventh, Josh Allen
1: in the twelfth. Uh, Adams 2 I'd bounce around the room and say, I'll take McCaffrey and Allen. Yeah, I would go, I would rank
2: them Adams in round two. Allen, what round was it?
0: 12. Allen around 12. Jamie, around seven. Jamie it's standard scoring, just so you know. Does that change anything? With McCaffrey?
2: No. no.
0: Alright, because uh, he's got the 7th pick. Like, I'm taking McCaffrey. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um... Yeah, that changes things. I still go. I go Adams 1, McCaffrey 2.
0: Okay. Uh, From Seamus in a city one hour south of the Twin Cities.
1: (laughs) That's like going to be right on the border with Iowa, right? Sure. Okay, I don't know.
0: How did A.J. Dillon not get at least one mention as a one-week wonder? It's a great call. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Sorry, it's too late to put him in the poll.
1: He didn't help people, though. He, he was a yeah. great one-week wonder. Who started A.J. Dillon in week 16? Answer, nobody.
0: And then you Not could even, even put him on Mama Dillon. You could put him on the worst waiver wire pickup list. Uh, from Carl. Subjects. Carl. Carl uh, no, oh, no, that's Eric. Uh, anyway. Um, from Carl. Good to see you. God, that's right. I can't believe people still do snake drafts. If you've been in a league for three or more years and you're over 16, <laughs> you should be doing an auction.
1: Salary cap. Salary cap. Oh, salary cap. That's right. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I love salary cap drafts.
0: Yeah, I mean they're great, but I like snake drafts quite a bit too. And you know, they're not they're not bad.
2: I like to. I, I want to be 15 again. Oh, that'd be fun.
0: Okay, I, I want to
1: be 21 again.
0: From Tyler Witt, dear Tony Hobbs, Tigger, and Sheer Khan. I don't know. I tiger. was right about fish. By the way, are they all they're tigers? Tiger. Okay. Um, I was just singing the Tigger song this afternoon this morning, actually. Have to, how about that? The wonderful thing about Tigger. No, I'm not gonna do it. The bouncy, flouncy, bouncy uh Okay, a few names unmentioned from the awards list. I nominate them as unsung heroes. I don't remember that being an award, but okay. Robert Tunyon, Logan Thomas, JD McKissick, Young Way Ku, uh, Jason Sanders, Rodrigo Blankenship, Q Heath Sigh. They deserve some credit some cred in one category or another. Um, They definitely helped our fantasy sisters and brothers have a great 2021 and to the tune of Snoop Dogg mock draft every day. Yeah. All right. We probably will be doing that. Um, Tunyon, Logan Thomas, McKissick. Yes. I think those are pretty good waiver wire pickups.
2: Yeah. Tunyon. How do we forget him? Top five tight end.
0: Because he just wasn't really that good. Like it was such a bad year. You know what I want to see? Okay, he scored. He was he scored 124 in non PPR. Let's finish with this. Robert Tunyon scored in non PPR 124.6 points. That made him tight end three last year. That would have made him tight end six. In it's probably even worse in full PPR. Right, he scored 176 points. That made him tight end three last year. He would have been oh. No, I hit the wrong button. Last year, he would have been tight end seven. So, you know, it wasn't a legit top three tight end. I'm calling him out. We're <laughs> out of here. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you on Thursday. We got six games to preview this week to help you out with playoff challenges, with DFS, with whatever it is. Six NFL playoff games on Wild Card Weekend. Cannot wait. For Dave and Jamie and Ben, I'm Adam. We'll talk to you Thursday.